Hey everyone, welcome back to the Improv TX Comedy Network. If this is your first time checking out the podcast network, we appreciate it. Please head over to your favorite podcast app, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, or iTunes, and give the Improv TX Comedy Network a like. And just a reminder, the Improv TX Comedy Network is live on YouTube with all your favorite comedians on the improv stage. All links can be found in the description. And with that, on to the podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to the Act Out from Open Mic to the Big Stage. Comedians tell us how stories are made. Today, I have a very special guest. I'm super excited. This guy crushes it all across the DFW, and now he's going all across the states too. Every show I've seen of this guest has crushed. It has killed. He has never bombed. I think that he is one of the best top five comedians in DFW hands down. I want to say thank you for coming, our special guest, Comedian KG. How are you, sir? Hey, how you doing, man? I appreciate you for having me on the show, man. It's an honor, man. I see you got a lot of people on here, a lot of great comedians on here, and your show doing really well. And I'm always up to being a part of something that's great and that's positive. Uh, I appreciate that. And that positivity is what I'm all about. Like, yes. I love bringing people in and having conversations with them about comedy and where they're at and what they've done. So when you asked to come on, I was like, yes, please. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> yeah um, I appreciate it. So how long have you been in the comedy game? Uh, it's going on 10 years. So February will be my anniversary, my 10-year anniversary. Happy anniversary. That's yeah, awesome. I appreciate it. I 10 appreciate years. It. Yeah. I, it's shocking because I've seen you over the last eight that I worked at the club. And you've always crushed it. You've always killed it. Oh, so, man, I appreciate so, it. I'm glad, I'm glad you only seen the crushing moments. <laughs> oh, I mean, it, it, it's been it's been awesome. Like, every time you get on stage, I'm like, this guy's just going to murder right now. It's going to be I great. I always like to begin with, where are you from? You're from here, right? Yeah, I'm from here. I'm from, uh, well, I'm not Addison, per se, but I'm from DFW area. Uh, actually, Oak Cliff and Addison Improv was actually one of my first shows that I did on February 14th, which was Valentine's Day. And it was like ridiculous. It was a great experience. And then I fell in love with comedy. I've been doing it ever since, man, like consistently. And you were like two years in the game before you got your first like headlining or what was it? Yeah, I was like maybe two and a half years. And then I, I was headlining actually out of Texas. It was a, a show out of Texas that I got booked for. I was really, really nervous, but I ended up doing like super well where they just kept calling me back. And from that point, it kind of gave me like a light or like a spark to make me want to pursue comedy even deeper and harder and like start like being a student of comedy. So when you were growing up, were you the funny kid? Were you the shy <laughs> kid? What, what, where'd you kind of fall into that? Well, I was, I was kind of shy, like sneaky funny <laughs> because I, I was also kind of smart too. So like ready to like do something and try to talk my way out of the situation. Right. And that's kind of how I was. But when I asked some of my friends, even now they like, Oh yeah, I remember you was the, some would say I was the goofy kid. So. They were like, yeah, I remember you was kind of goofy and funny in, in high school or middle school or whatever. And I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, I, I see it now, you yeah. know, that other people are telling me. But when I'm there in the moment back then, I was just being a kid. You know, I was just being me, you know, being spontaneous KG, you know, whatever. So, And I also got picked on a lot, too. So I kind of had to kind of make the light of the situation, you know, because I was sneaky. I didn't want to get in trouble, but I wanted to do the bad things, you know. <laughs> so <laughs> I was just trying to find an outlet uh, to, to my own self, and that was just the whole point of me growing up and bouncing around different neighborhoods because my mom moved around a lot. So it's like comedy helped me meet new friends, allowed me to be more outgoing. Now to this day, I'm outgoing and I'm always nice to people and that kind of like something that I learned over time, mm -hmm. you know, like uh, being nice will get you farther than 
being snobby or being mean or attitudeish to somebody. Absolutely. Yeah. I agree with you. So who was your comedic influences? Who was the first person you saw that really, you were like, oh my God, it's comedy. I used to watch a lot of older comedians growing up and Red Fox was one of the ones that kind of like stuck out to me. And then he started doing like film and stuff like that. And then I kind of was like, man, this guy is a brilliant writer. Like it's all about his writing. He wrote like thousands of jokes, children jokes, adult jokes, all kind of jokes. And that's kind of like what I idolize in him is his writing ability to just write and come up with material like that. All original. Yeah, and the, with your comedy, I think of it, I guess it's observational, kind of self-deprecating, but you're not afraid to go places that other people would definitely be afraid to go. Like, you tell the joke about the white people in camping, <laughs> which you can find the clip online on the Improv TX YouTube channel, and it's just, it's hysterical. Yeah. But, like, it's it's very, like, you preface it with, like, we got white people in the family, I love white people, right. but... And then you go into right, the joke, right, right. and it's very, like, the whole time I'm laughing my ass off because it's great. Right. But, like, you're not afraid to be controversial and, like, go places that make people feel uncomfortable. Right, because I feel like with my upbringing and with my family, our family is controversial, but non-controversial in a sense. Because since my family is so mixed culture like that, I see all of that, and we're able to display and, and say things like that. And because we family, at the end of the day, we know I love you. I'm there for you and all. And that's how I see my audience. Like, I'm, I love them, you know, so I don't see no controversy with any topics that I'm doing because I'm just telling you my experience. It's universal comedy. That's right, the thing. Right. It doesn't matter what your age is, your race is, your gender. Exactly. Like, you can do comedy and it can reach everybody. Exactly. And exactly. I love that. Well, where did the spark come from to do comedy? What was nagging you to kind of get you to go on stage the first time? Well, I always wanted to do comedy, like, from growing up. I wanted, like, watching BET, Def Jam, Comic View, and all those things. I always wanted to do comedy, but I didn't know how. You know, I didn't know how these guys was getting on stage making people laugh. I just know how to be funny to my friends. Right. So I always wanted to do comedy, but in a sense, my mom also had a goal for me. And her goal was to see me actually do, like, some of the, I would say, the real-life things, like <laughs> go to college and graduate and, and blase, blase. So to make her happy, I did all those things. So, you know, I, I I did that. And when I did that for her, I was like, okay, now I did this for you. Let me do something for me. Right. And comedy is for me because it allows me to uh, be interactive with my audience. When I'm writing, I, come, I be more creative and coming up with things that, the audience may need to hear. But the spark always was kind of there. I just was kind of like confused on how to do it. And once my friend from Louisiana, uh, his name is Quentin Washington. He go by Munchie. Um, <laughs> That's a hell of a nickname. <laughs> right, right, right. It's funny. So, uh, But uh, once once he got into comedy, then I see him doing it. I asked him for advice. I was like, hey, man, so how do you get up on stage and do this and blase, blase? And he referred me to a very prominent and well-known comedian teacher or mentor, Dean Lewis. Oh, Dean, yes. Yes. Big uh, shout out to Dean Lewis. She took out. the class? Yes, yes. Oh, wow. So, I didn't know that. Right on. I took the class, too, so we're alumni. So right, right. Yes, right yes. So I did take the class. I actually took it longer than I should have because we had new students coming in all the time. So I ended up actually benefiting from it because mm -hmm. I was in there for a longer period of time. 
And we had our first showcase at Addison Improv. I was really, 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 really nervous, but I was well-practiced and well-groomed by a great mentor and teacher. So I kind of had a little bit of confidence. And when I uh, got on stage, that moment was going to kind of decide my faith and my journey in comedy because if I would have bombed, then I probably would have like, nah, this ain't it. You know? so, uh, but since I had a really great turnout, I had a really great performance, I had a really great set, everyone was all into it. And even after the show, I got some good compliments and I guess people was telling me how well I did. So it kind of boosted my morale about it and gave me a little confidence. And then from that point, I just followed the instructions of my mentor, Dean Lewis, and just was hitting shows, open mics, and things like that to kind of groom myself and get a better stage presence. And that was it. That was like that ultimate turning point of being here at Addison Improv. That was like the biggest and the most proudest moment in my comedy career was that first show at the Addison Improv on February the 14th. That was my most proudest moment, man. Like, that moment surpasses any moment that I could have had even after the fact. Because, like... Even after that, I've been having some pretty okay shows. And uh, <laughs> I was going to say, you've done pretty well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You've had quite a few okay shows. Right, right. So that just kind of glorified and kind of stamped it for me to go put my all into comedy. Did you go to open mic before you did that show, or did you wait until oh, the show? Oh, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Okay, I never did any shows before that show. That's exactly what I was going to say, because I was going to get on stage once at Back Door, but I kind of got butterflies, and then that's when I just went and started taking the class, and Dean was like, hey, just hold off on that. It, it'll be way more beneficial for you to do your first show here after you know what you know now. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I went up once, uh, no, twice before I did the show, and I had to get drunk. Uh. I did. I got, I got <laughs> trashed. I was so drunk I couldn't see anyone. But when I got up here and I saw the lights, right. that helped tremendously right. because of the bubble, you know, that exists. Ah, uh, yes. And then, yeah, now I can go do a show on a crate at some random bar. It right, 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 right. But the first time I needed those lights to feel protected, right. and it helped tremendously. So you were on the show, you were nervous. Do you still get nervous whenever you go up, or is it gone? It just depends on a situation. Like, if it's a big show that I've been really hyping up and I'm kind of excited about, I'm going to be nervous. I'm going to be nervous just on not the performance factor of it all, but who's going to come support me? That's the nervous part. Like, I'm working this hard because I want you guys to come see me and support me, and that's the nervous part. It's not... The performance, per se, is I'm doing this for y'all. I want y'all to see me and support me and know that I'm progressing and I'm doing well now. You do pretty well with people coming out. I yes, I, I do. You load the room. So. I, I, I do. <laughs> but you do promote a lot, too. Yeah, I do promote a lot. And sometimes it's kind of uh, hit and miss. And I, and I don't also want to kind of burn out my audience because I'm still in Dallas and I'm from Dallas. And even though I go and do shows out of the state, Dallas is still my home, and, and these people still remember me, and I don't want to burn them out. So I kind of, like, space out my shows and kind of do different type of marketing and promotional techniques to kind of, like, help with that. Yeah, you do radio, right? Yeah, well, I have. Uh, I don't do it no more. I'm trying to get back into it. i just been kind of busy because I can't find a, a time to do it when I'm always everywhere. So once I kind of settle down a little bit or kind of find a schedule for myself or whatnot, then I'm really planning on it. I was thinking about doing it with my sister, but then I also had another comedian friend that I was thinking about, and then even one of my frat brothers. So I got three options. It's just I'm trying to write, like find the right time and be committed. 
Yeah, that's the thing is you have to do it consistently. Right, right. All the time. Especially if you're going podcasting. Right. Yeah, but you should go podcasting. <laughs> it would be great. Appreciate it. You've acted in stuff too, haven't you? Yes. What, uh, what, was, what was the movie? I know it was an independent film. Yeah, it was a film that, I guess it was in a film festival at first, and then it went to the big screen. Oh, we, wow. Yeah, we had like red carpet movie promotion at the South by Southwest in Austin. How cool was that? Yeah, it was dope. So you got to walk the carpet? And yeah, I was walking that little red carpet and everything. And then uh, we seen the movie. Of course, I was all in the movie, but when I actually seen it, I just had some bits and pieces in it. They really chopped it up, but I'm in it. You know, you can see me clearly. I'm in there. Have and you always wanted to act? Is that yeah, I really, I really did. I really, that's, I really want to act, but like comedy is my first love, but I want to like act so people can see me, you know, so people can know who I am because only so many people can see you when you're hitting stage to stage. Yeah. I want people to see me on a, a bigger uh, spectrum, uh, so to speak. But movie is called Never Going Back. It's in my bio, but it's a really good movie. It's actually shot mostly in Texas, and the staff was really fun to work with. It was a great experience for me because it was like one of my first big movies that I was in that I was actually seeing a lot in, so I was excited. Yeah, and it's great to get those credits, too. Right, right, and I got a movie credit. Yeah, my name is in the credit at the end. It's dope. Yeah, that's awesome. That is awesome. But you also do skits. You got KGTV on your website. Yes, yes. And so I was looking at those today and laughing. Uh, <laughs> yeah, have you been doing those recently, or did you kind of lay off those? Um, well, they kind of sporadic. They go by my my busy schedule. Like if I have time to do it, I'll do it. But it's not as consistent as it should be because like I really care about writing jokes and being funny. That's like a second outlet for me. Comedy and writing is first, so I'll be working on that most of the time. So with that said, what is your writing process like? It's long, crazy, and I be wanting to shoot myself <laughs> in the head. <laughs> so do you, do you write everything out freehand? Do you, do you yeah. use a computer? No, nah, I write pen and paper because it gets my brain flowing better, and it allows me to be more creative with my spaces of creativity when I'm writing. And then I can also, like, practice a little bit and write at the same time and add those tags and punchlines. It's kind of like all editing processing. It's long and drawn out. It depends if I had a show, I would start like at 2 a.m. 2 to like 4 or 5. 2 a.m.? Yeah, because that's, that's like when my brain really be Yeah, like, you, night owl, yeah, totally. Yeah. I understand that because then the creativity starts coming out. Yeah. Right. So you do write every day or do you write sporadically? I write every day, but it's not everyday good jokes yeah. you know so, um but more of my sporadic stuff that i write when i catch it at the moment i write it down and those be like the jokes that i go and kind of like put my all into now do you have a writing partner or anything like that or you just keep to yourself I, yeah i kind of keep to myself and just i mean i wouldn't be opposed to having a writing partner or nothing like that it's just i never met anybody like yeah that, you know, yeah so. it's a different process when you find yeah. a writing partner they can elevate stuff, but the problem is they can get their feelings hurt, too, and you're like, no, nah, yeah, I don't want that. Right. So it's, it can be difficult. So what was it like the first time you hosted? Oh, I was nervous when I hosted, too, because I didn't know if the crowd would like me because they was like, oh, you the host. You got to kind of mediate the situation. You got to be like the point guard, blah, blah, blah. So I didn't really know what to expect. But I did really well, and then I actually enjoyed it. And it was kind of just like doing my regular set, but... I had to be more, like, likable. And that makes sense. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Because you're really bringing the audience in and right. introducing them to the What's feature exactly. or, the, or the, the headliner. It's so weird that the host, the feature, and the headliner are three completely different right, jobs. Right, right. So you have to learn those jobs, and you can only learn those jobs 
through time. Exactly. And getting, and getting the gigs. So. And, and it's tough when you, cause my toughest part is bouncing from headliner and then doing like a feature spot and then doing like a host spot. And then got to do headliner again when I already done got this feature and this whole spot so crispy right now. Right. And then I got to add on like 20 more minutes. So that'd be like the tough part for me because I don't always be wanting to add a certain 20 minutes to an already good set that I worked hard for and then throw like 20 minutes of jokes that kind of ain't pristine yet, you know. So that'd be the toughest. I'd be wanting to be like, spot on and perfect and right. have my timing on and everything so you're kind of a perfectionist when you come to it yeah yeah but i'm not i'm, <laughs> I'm far from it i was gonna say you do a lot of crowd work like you're not afraid of the crowd yeah you talk to them so oh uh, uh, yeah but that i had an experience at the Arlington improv like those who know know but i don't mind telling people my my faults or errors but i had a show where i was headlining at the Arlington improv and I had these two women that were like talking real loud and like disregarding the show. And I, even other comedians had told me that they were talking a little bit over their set. But when I got on, it was like ridiculous. And I kind of addressed it. And it was my mistake because I brought them to a front seat thinking that they were going to be quiet and pay attention. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, so. no. So they, they, they were the same like loudness. And yes. Then- and then even trying to like talk to me. like, And I was like, lady, it's not that type of show. I just want to do, do my jokes. You yeah. Know? So, and that's really what I'm about. I wrote in these jokes that I want people to hear. And I care about that. Like, I wrote this joke and I worked hard and I almost killed myself for this joke. And I want you to hear it. Yeah. Like, please hear the joke. You know, don't, you know, do me like that. And, and that's kind of what we were on. And, so then I, I was like, yeah, I just go back to y'all seats. I don't even want y'all in the front no more. You know? <laughs> Did they kick them out or they, they, well, they first they ended up going back into their seats. Cause I told them like, go back to the darkness where y'all belong. <laughs> then the manager ended up talking to them. And then I like start roasting them a little bit. Cause then I, and then they were female. So I didn't want to be in that category where they think I'm bashing women yeah. and blase blase. So I, I, I kind of just did it lightly. And even then, cause I don't know how to really, handle women hecklers because yeah. I don't want to be that guy, yeah. you know. But if you're a dude heckler, then we're on the same page. We we cool. They ultimately like, end up getting up, walking out. And I was like, oh, I don't walk some people. This is the first time I ever walked somebody. Oh, no. Yeah, so I was like, this is the first time I ever walked some people yeah, in, in my audience. Yeah, but that wasn't you. That was them. Yeah. yeah that, was, that was not you. You did the best you could. You know, when Dean Lewis's class, he teaches you to ignore them, yeah. you know. And it's hard. Whenever it's hard. somebody heckles you, you're just like, ooh, I want to. I want to say something right now. Right, but right. It's the, ignoring them is the best method, I think. Yeah, yeah. And I usually do that, and it kind of goes well. But then when I do that, it makes me have to, like, talk a little louder. And yeah. it throws my whole kind of pitch on how I practice all of this off. Because I'm kind of, like, that perfectionist when it comes to, like, my tone of voice, how I'm playing my characters and my act outs and all of that, because I learned it. I'm kind of like serious about it. I try to like keep my voice tone at a constant until I do those characters and act outs, which kind of helps emphasize those characters and make the joke even better. Dean's big on the act out. Yes. And that's why this podcast is called The Act Out. Right. So, uh, I mean, and it's the biggest thing I struggle with is right. doing the act out because it's the, the ultimate tag. You right. know what I mean? Did you struggle with it or were you always able to get in the characters um, and, and go for it? Well, I was doing, I was doing the act outs and they were like lame, <laughs> so to speak. <laughs> 
<laughs> and it wasn't like I had to kind of like write the joke first. So I write the joke first and then whatever could be a tag or a punchline or whatnot. Oh, if it's a character that's saying something, I will be that character or I will act out what they're doing. And it kind of like automatically finished the story of my writing process. Oh, wow. So yeah. it kind of put a closer on that. Yeah, it's kind of like a closer. And then you come with tags after you practice it on stage you might come up with some new ideas and then you can just go back to that writing process and add those tags in there very nice yeah, yeah. it's definitely something i need to work on what was it like the first time you got a headlining gig uh, and where like, was it at it was in longview it was in longview at this small little look like a convention like it, it, <laughs> it's connected to a strip mall but it had a really big stage and it was really nice and I was nervous then because I didn't know what to expect. It was actually like maybe like 50 people there, maybe. So it was kind of like an intimate kind of crowd. And I did, I would say, mediocrely well. Looking back, my performances now are better because I've advanced in my writing. But I did well. But I wasn't, I did well for the <laughs> amount of money that they paid me. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there you go. Hey everyone, it's just stuck jumping in to say thank you so much for checking out the podcast today. If you dig it, please head over to our website at improvtx.com where you can check out our calendar for all the upcoming shows in Addison, Arlington, Houston, and San Antonio. And don't forget to follow our social media, all links in the description. And with that, back to the podcast. Did it kind of snowball after that? Like you started getting more headlining gigs or did it kind of go back to featuring or hosting or... Like, cause I've seen you headline so many times. Yeah. And it, well, it always go back to like my feature and, and hosting because I'm just a student of the craft. I want to do everything. So I'm always want to do a hosting gig. I'm always want to do a feature gig. I'm always still do my headlining gigs. So it's always going to be coming back full circle, especially in my comedy journey. It's kind of sporadic. So I just get blessed with the gigs that come to me. And people ask me all the time, like, how do you be getting all these bookings and blah, blah, blah? And I'd be like, I don't even know because I don't have no manager. I don't have no agent. Because you're good, dude. That's I, why. <laughs> like, uh, Yeah. So I just I just say God is my agent or manager because he's been blessing me and i just been getting blessed. Do you view it as an art form? Yes, it is. Yeah, it's definitely an art. It's, it's an art because it takes a lot of time to perfect, especially when you're doing it on stage and you got to transition it right into actually performance. Do you think that's part of why you, you feel like you're a perfectionist when you go on stage? Because you do respect it? Yes, and I respect it so much that I be wanting people to hear my jokes. <laughs> <laughs> Just listen to the joke. What was the weirdest thing you ever saw on stage? Well, I would say that performance I had at All It To Improv. <laughs> 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 that was the weirdest, man. Like that, that was like... And then, and I said, man, started my year off all kind of messed up, man. But I actually went and did Backdoor Comedy Club the next day because Backdoor is one of the best comedy clubs in Dallas in the Dallas comedy scene. And it's always a great crowd there. And it's uh, always a good opportunity to work and home in on your performances and your writing. And it's just a great crowd. So me going to Backdoor following the performance from All Into Improv kind of, you know, boosts my morale a little bit. And I do things like that because I like comedy and I don't never want to get doubt in my mind, you know, that comedy is not it for me. Yeah. You know, so 
I just stay active and I just continue to hit those stages. I was going to bring that up. Backdoor is a clean comedy club. Right, right. And you work relatively clean. Yes, like, I do. Yeah, it's it's crazy. You'll, you'll spice it up a little bit right, here and there. Right, But I could see you moving to a place where you, you didn't have to use certain words and you could just right. do back, you know, like, well, I, I think clean, I think backdoor. <laughs> right, so, right. It is. So, it's actually yeah. uh, one of uh, the only clean comedy clubs in Dallas. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. So it is actually a good club to come and perform in. Like I said, it's always a great crowd. And it's a nice, intimate setting with low ceilings. It's just kind of like the perfect setting for like uh intimate comedy show. Yeah. Do you write clean on purpose? Yes, yes. Okay. I intentionally write clean. I kind of really uh write how I talk, which I talk kind of uh, ghetto. <laughs> I talk out of ghetto a little bit, but uh, but I write how I talk, and then I just create the. Well, I write how I talk, and then I just spice it up as I as I go. Right. Yeah. And I think that's the way to do it. Yeah. Because you have such a good personality on stage. Like whenever you you're you, you're genuinely right, right. you. Exactly. And I struggle with that, like being myself on stage. Like, was it a process finding that eventually, or were you pretty much from? The get-go, just yourself. It was a process. It was a process finding it because I was, like, being real goofy on stage at first. Yeah, it was definitely a process. Like, most definitely a process. And most of the time, like, humans really don't know themselves, you know, until you go through some uh, trials and whatnot. And that's kind of what I did. I went through some trials of not getting no laughs on stage and doing blah, 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 and trying new material and all this and that. So it's just definitely a process, and it could be a long process. It just depends on on how comfortable you feel with your own self and with your own performances. I don't worry so much about bombing because I'm used to that. What I'm worried about is I would like to get one laugh or two laughs, <laughs> right? And then you get in your head about it because there's like nine levels of perception. It's how you perceive yourself, how you perceive others perceiving you, and so on and so right. forth, and how people really perceive you. And then when you're on stage, all those are in effect. And right. it's very nerve-wracking, and that's why I think stage fright is a thing, because uh-huh. you have to be very self-aware when you're right. up there, and comfortable. And for me, memorizing and knowing my material is good is what keeps me safe. Right. So, like, you go out with super strong material. I've seen you do the same jokes and, and crush it every time, right. but it seems like it's naturally the first time you're saying it. Right. So, I mean, how do you get to that point? I just practice those jokes at my house, like, live practicing, like, basically talking to myself (laughs) and and that's how I kind of understand my pitches and my tone of voice and my pauses and all of those things like that and it kind of feels natural it takes me some time to present a new joke to a live audience because of that perfection that I want in that joke and I might throw it out maybe once and it might get a good response, but you'll never see it again <laughs> because I want to get it, like, perfect. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I try to stay on topic. So stay on topic? What do you mean by that? Like, kind of like stay on topic with modern and what's going on in, in life. Yeah, you talked about COVID before anyone else did. Right, right. You were, you were pretty much out the gate talking about it whenever right. we, we opened back up. Yes. And I was like, man, do people really want to hear about that right now? But right. you weren't afraid to right. make fun of it. Right. So was that scary at all for you? Or were you like, nah, I'm just going to attack this issue? Nah, I just had to attack it because <laughs> cause I worked on that joke all through COVID. Like when we was, when we was locked down and for like almost a year almost, like I was working on that material at my house all of that time. And I was like, it's ready. Like, I don't care. Like they and get it and that's how i am with a joke if i worked on it all this time then the joke is finna get said you know so that means i'm so confident that this joke is gonna be good that it's finna get said 
What advice do you have for up-and-coming comedians, people like myself who are only like a year in or who want to get on stage for the first time? I would say, like, it's always a way to home in your craft of stand-up comedy. It's always a way. You can, you know, like I, like I do, practice at your house, you know, hit open mics, you know, or you can do all of it collectively. My advice is to don't stop doing none of it. Like, always do it all. Anything that got to do with comedy, do it because that only will advance you to the next level, whichever that next level is. Because I always see my career in levels. Like when I was one year in, two years in, I was not getting money for comedy. That was a level. Then people start offering me like $25 and I was getting excited. <laughs> so I was at another level, you know. So um, I would say always like continue to do everything that it got to do with comedy to advance your comedy career. And writing is always one of the first steps in advancing that. Because when you write stuff, it kind of opens up a whole path of creativity and it can go so many directions. And it's only you can decide what direction you want to take it. I personally take it in every direction until I find a direction that I'm comfortable with. That's really smart to say, what are all the angles that I can go yes. at this joke and go, all right, here's our best path. Right. Yeah. Yes. Like if you got a, a idea or a punchline, you write it down. And then you just start like thinking about every direction that it can go. You can talk about politics that direction. You can talk about family that direction. You know, your life, personal life that direction. Or go all the directions until you find what's comfortable with you. And that's what writing creates. You know, the more you write, the more you be a creative person and you be a your you you start using your brain and using it what's need to be used for, you know, so Always continue to write, no matter what, and always, always have your hands in everything that got to do with comedy. Do you watch a lot of comedy then, or? Uh, yeah, I typically space it out sporadic, mm -hmm. and I only watch it to study comedians. Like I, I study their posture and they set, they punchlines and setups and stuff like that, and how they come out on stage and their approach and then their ending. So I study those things because right now I'm in the phase where I'm working on my stage approach like how I actually initially come on stage. So like it's different things that as a comedian that you would want to work on or that you might find yourself like needing to work on that if you put your focus in it, you can complete that task and move on to the next. Where do you see yourself in the next five years, you think? I'm going to be in some movies. Yes. Uh, yeah, I'm going to be in a, in, a, in a ton of movies. And I also just did a commercial for, I think I can say it now, but uh, it's Advanced Auto Parts. Nice. You were for like a local or national? Uh, I don't know. It's, it's, I think it's national. I don't know. Oh, but wow. It's through, a, it's through my acting agency. So uh, shout out to Icons Studios Acting Agency. Awesome. What was the commercial like? What was that experience um, like? It was dope. I was just walking around, acting like I'm buying stuff, trying to be seen in camera as much as possible. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's dope. It's always dope being on camera. I just like being behind the camera. But for some reason, when I'm behind the camera on stage, it's different because I get really, really nervous. When I'm on stage and and like and I'm performing and uh, somebody's trying to record my set or something, then I just get really nervous, yeah. start fumbling over my words and messing up my set. Well, something smart that you do is on your YouTube channel, you have like, you speak to the camera and you kind of talk about like, well, I was watching it and you were kind of talking about your thoughts on something. And it looks like you do that pretty consistently. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, Does yeah. Does that make you feel more comfortable in front of the camera? Uh. Nah, cause I be nervous. <laughs> I be nervous doing those. Like, I be real nervous doing those, but somebody told me that that would be a good idea to do. And I just, I did a couple and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
it's I think it, it helps. For me, I did the same thing. Yeah, where I did video game reviews uh-huh. and like being on camera, just being like, oh, whatever, I'm here, and and like I, I'm 300 pounds and I'm. <laughs> Like, I just got to do what I got to nah, do. Nah, yeah, it, it actually does help. That's why I was telling me to do it, because it kind of helps with being on camera and whatnot. Where do you want your comedy career to be in the next five years? I will be definitely having way more headlining gigs. I'll probably be on some tours or something. That's what I'm in the works of now. It's just kind of kind of hard when I own my business mm-hmm. and I can't really find anyone, you know, to help with that, you yeah. know, so... But it's moving along pretty well. I LLC my company, Comedian KG. We were going to talk about the bracelets, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, we yeah. So I got I brought you guys all some, you know, uh, bracelets uh, that I sell some of my That's merch awesome. at my shows, and those actually are really big sell at my shows, along with some T-shirts that I do uh, sell. And I really appreciate you guys at Addison Improv. I love y'all, man. Y'all always look out for me whenever I do my shows here. You kill it. You always kill it. You always killed it. Like down the line. Like I said, I've, every show I've seen of you in the last eight years, I'm just like, well, this is going to be great. <laughs> like, nah, we're going to have fun. It. This audience is going to love them. It's going to be amazing. Uh, is there anything else you want to talk about? And I can mention a show, right? Yeah, that's okay, fine. Okay, so let's see. I got uh, March the 4th. I got the pop-up comedy series with MJ Moody. That's my, my brother in comedy. We'll be at, uh, at, at the... Uh, Deep Ellum spot. And then March 30th through April 1st, I'll be performing with Curran Claiborne at Hyenas Comedy Club. Very and, nice. Yeah, yeah. So that's going to be a dope. That's going to be a very a great show. It's going to be a very great show. Yeah, man. You're all across like DFW all the time. That's- I'll be in Louisiana on, in April. So um, yeah. if y'all got some people in Louisiana listening to this, come out. Any plans to go international? Maybe do a USO show or something like that? Yeah, I did. I did want to do like a military for the troops or something like that. Or, or just go overseas. I'm, I'm always game for doing anything because I'm a spontaneous outgoing person. So if the opportunities present itself, or if I'm able to create the opportunity myself, then I'll definitely be doing that in the near future. You guys can uh, follow me on social media. Follow me on social media. Uh, Facebook's going to be Comedian KG. Instagram's going to be Comedian underscore KG. And Comedian spelled with a K, everyone, just so you know. Twitter is Comedian underscore KG. Uh, you can check out the links for YouTube. And then TikTok is going to be at Comedian KG. So you're pretty consistent across hey, the board. Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah. yeah. So definitely go to the social media. You always have a ton of people come out to the show. So your yes. social media must be popping. Uh, nah, it ain't popping. It's just like <laughs> I got, uh, I just got real loyal supporters. Like they really, uh, appreciate me and I really appreciate them. And then I show my appreciation to them, uh, sometimes, not all the time, <laughs> by, uh, uh, giving them some free admission. So. Uh, it's it's a win-win situation when you got good supporters on your team. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, I appreciate you being on the podcast. Thank you so much. Man. You got to check out Comedian KG. You're going to have a great time. He's hilarious. Stage presence, amazing. <laughs> Just going to make you laugh, falling out of the chair. That's what you need. KG, thank you so much for being on. I appreciate it. I appreciate you, my guy. Thank much you, thank love. you, thank you. And so, everyone, please support local comedy in any way, shape, or form that you can. And with that said, we will see you on the next one. And there it is. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. If you enjoyed it, please head over to ImprovTX.com to check out all our upcoming shows at the Addison, Arlington, Houston, and San Antonio clubs. If you like this podcast, you might enjoy the other podcasts on the ImprovTX Comedy Network. We have The Act Out. From open mics to the big stage, comedians tell us the story they've made, where I talk to comedians from all over and chat about their journey this far. Also, check out the Black Dog Retro Arcade podcast. Straight from the arcade, we talk about 
how our favorite games were made. That's right, we're talking all that video game goodness. And finally, we have Quackin' Up, a storytelling podcast where we pick suggestions from a hat and tell stories based upon them. Once again, thank you so much for listening. Please check out our social media, all links in the description. And with that, we'll see you on the next one.